do check what's the message. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Rabbi shahli sadri wa yasirni amri wa hlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Subhanaka la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana. Subhanaka la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana. Subhanaka la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana. Amma ba'd. Respected listeners, alhamdulillah, after... Uh, some time off, almost what, 10 days uh, uh, from our Eid break, uh, we are get, started up our programs again. And with today's uh, tafsir, Tuesday night tafsir, and this was something we were doing before the month of Ramadan began. Uh, and now, alhamdulillah, we have gone back to uh, this weekly program. And inshallah, the rest of the weekly programs also, as was shared in today's flyer, will be restarting this week. Um, so we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he grants you and I istiqamah to benefit from these programs, grants us steadfastness and, uh, and grants us the ability uh, to not only listen, but also to practice um, on everything that we are hearing and listening and sharing. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Today, inshallah, ta'ala, we will begin uh, with, the, uh, with the tafsir of Surah Al-Nas. And uh, this will, inshallah, uh, hopefully we'll spend today's session just on this surah. As we had spoken uh, in our earlier session, five, six, seven, six weeks ago or so, regarding the surah, that it is very closely connected to um, Surah Falak. And both of them are very closely connected. And they're known as the Mu'awwidatain. The revelation also took place at the same time. In our last session, we spoke about that. And... We spoke about the fact that this was an incident where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was affected through sihr, and he was forgetting many of the things, whether he had done them or not. And then, uh, through a dream, it, it was made to appear to him. It was, it was uh, rather, it was uh, cleared for him that indeed he was uh, mashur, and that. Labid bin Asim, with, along with his daughters, had performed sihr on the Prophet And the treatment for that was given in the dream through Mu'awwidatain. This will be the means of removing the evil effects of this sihr. And there were, you remember, 11 ayats in both of these surahs. And there are 11 knots. There were 11 knots in uh, the hair, in the, in the uh, comb of the hair of the Prophet 
<clears throat> so this is how each and every ayah was recited. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kept on opening each knot. And alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted him cure from it. So the first five of these, five of these ayats in Surah Falaq we covered last time. Now we are going on to Surah Al-Nas. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الناس ملك الناس إله الناس من شر الوسواس الخناس الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس Say, I seek refuge with the Lord of the mankind ملك الناس the king of mankind the God of mankind from the evil of the whisper who withdraws the one who whispers in the hearts of people whether from amongst the jinn or mankind final surah of the Quran that we are sharing here so in the previous surah and falaq, we were asked to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil of everything that he created, number one, number two, from the evil of the dark night when it penetrates, number three, from the evil of the women who blow in knots, from the evil of an envier when he envies, four things. So we said, Ya Allah, protect us from those four things. And now, we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, in this surah to protect us from one thing. So in shar, we said it means evil. Or anything that causes evil, causes harm, which means sin. So like uh, uh, you're seeking Allah's protection from sin, uh, which itself might be like a sinful evil. or a sin which will lead to punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. So that's what we sought refuge. In this surah, we are seeking protection in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the biggest evil, which is the source of all sin in this dunya and the source of all evil in this dunya. And that is, of course, shaitan. And the whisperings of shaitan. The biggest uh, shadow that's going to come about is going to be the punishment of the hereafter. It is going to be the uh, punishment in hellfire. And what causes that? That causes a person listening to shaitan. The first verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Say, I seek refuge in the, in the Rabb of the people. Rabb is the caretaker, the nurture, the one who nurtures and takes care of the needs of anyone. And here, Rabbin Nas, the needs of the people. Previous surah, we said, Qul'a'udhar bil-falaq. 
oh Allah, seek refuge in, in the Lord, Rab, Lord as well, a falak of daybreak. And uh, we don't need to repeat everything from the previous surah, but uh, just some of the differences. Well, daybreak comes upon everyone, every single cre creation witnesses daybreak. And every single creation may suffer some dunya we lost, some loss in this dunya. But it is the only human being and following the human being, the jinn as well, who suffer a whole different type of loss, which is the loss of akhirah. What do, let me repeat what I'm saying here. Is that the previous surah, since it's, it's focusing on the harms of this of, of dunya, dunya we, dunya we lost. Be it from jealousy, be it from sihar, okay, from magic, be it from the evil Allah created, be it from whatever happens in the night, okay, all of those things. So that harm affects not just human beings. It harms, it, it affects anyone, even, uh, uh, you know, buildings, they can get harmed, they can get burnt, right? Uh, they can get raised to the ground. Mm. This surah is speaking about things that affect human beings primarily. And that is the insinuations of shaitan. Insinuations of shaitan. And that's why you see the likes of like Abu Darda radiallahu anhu. He said, Laytani kuntu shajaratan tu'dad. I just wish I was a tree that was plucked out. Talha radiallahu anhu reported something like that as well. Aisha radiallahu anha's report have said, I wish I was just for, forgotten and people would forget that I even existed. Once it's mentioned regarding Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu that it's regarding, regarding his physical features and that he had two black lines on his face. Two black lines on his face from excessive tears that would continue to flow down his cheeks. And when he would hear a verse of the Quran, sometime he would fall down out of fear. And he took once a plant off of, he plucked it off the earth and he said, I wish I was simply a plant. Um, Imran ibn Hussein, another great companion, he says, I wish I was mere dust or ashes, that a strong wind would come on a stormy day and would blow me away. That's it. Abu Ubaid ibn Jarrah, Aminu Hadil Ummah, what is he saying? I wish I was a goat or a sheep that the family that was taking care of me would slaughter me. فَيَأْكُلُونَ لَحْمِي and would eat from my flesh and my meat and would sip my soup made out of my body. What are these statements and the likes you have heard previously 
these are not you know fake statements these are real things that these sahaba illustrious illustrious sahaba said something we not we're not we might not even understand what's going on why are they saying things like this it was because they were not worried about as much as the losses of this dunya as much as they were worried about the losses of the akhirah and someone who is well aware of the losses of this dunya um, uh, someone who is whose eyes are focused on the losses of the akhirah rather then the losses of the dunya will seem trivial for example any one of us who are going through issues at home and you meet someone or you hear someone who's going through bigger issues than you are right someone who is uh, going through someone who's going through difficulty from in terms of his parents his, his parents are sick his wife is sick or they're unfortunately going through uh, you know maybe a, a difficult separation or someone has lost the entire business someone who's got affected by these recent uh, 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 you know uh, uh, the uh, uh, recent events that are taking place in the country and a person maybe having a hard day at home but when he hears this or sees of it what what do you what do you tell you what do you tell yourself that subhanallah you know what i don't have it that bad right don't we all do that when we witness something on 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 whatsapp we see a short video a clip of someone who's losing their life mashallah we heard an incident of a of a muslim brother whose whole uh, business got torched uh, by uh, by protesters or whoever they may be out in minneapolis and it's been widely reported uh, this uh, story by the leading uh, websites and newspapers in the country muslim and what does he say he says that if i have lost uh, a building my entire restaurant is raised to the ground but you know uh, that can be brought, that can that can come back you can have a restaurant built up again but what you cannot have is a life that was lost cannot be brought again subhanallah what amazing perspective this man had um uh, and islam is teaching him that literally that's that is the beautiful teaching of islam that a person we yes we're upset at the loss of property we're upset as i mean no one can be more upset than the man who himself as an immigrant from africa who, who must have with uh, with much difficulty establish his restaurant and in one instance is all gone but he's reflecting on someone else's pain and he's reflecting on not just the family who lost uh, a member but instead the collective pain of an entire race an entire group of people and he is giving a he's basically seeing the silver lining of his own life to say i may have lost my business but alhamdulillah i'm still alive while others don't have that luxury so this is what uh, the deen teaches us is to look at the positive of a situation you may be in compared to the sufferings that others are going through and that will help us get through um the most difficult parts of our life so when someone has their view or when someone has their eyes focused on akhirah and sees what type of loss you can incur in the akhirah then uh the losses of this dunya will seem trivial and dear friends what greater loss can there be than a person dying without iman what greater pain can we ever think of than a person dying without iman and being led to the hellfire for a life of of eternity to be punished in the hellfire 
There could be no, nothing more, no greater death sentence, no greater uh, 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 punishment than that. May Allah protect you and I and all of us from that. So these Sahaba, the way they are saying these type of statements that we wish we were this lifeless thing, we were wish this plant, we, were, we wish we were this animal. Why are they saying that? Because they, they, are, they are worried about the Akhirah. Surah Nas is referring to uh, the difficulties that a human being will face, which is the difficulties of the hereafter. While Surah Falak is addressing the difficulties of this dunya, which humans, jinns, and all other animals, plants, buildings, inanimate objects also face. Okay? So that's why nas begins with Nas, while the previous Surah begins with Falak, Daybreak. Daybreak affects everyone. And hence, Allah is the Lord of everyone. And so everyone is being taught to seek protection uh, 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 from any worldly harm. While this surah, we're focusing on the ukhrawi harm, the harm of the hereafter that is caused by one and only Iblis La'in. May Allah protect you and I from him. So if someone who understands what's at stake, then he will try his best to protect himself from that. Uh, I, I read a, 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 a you know, uh, there were so many statements we, re we read about the fact that if we were having to pay, you know, per, um, uh, uh, just like a person pays for, you know, uh, usage of anything, be it a phone call or be it something else, if you had to pay in this dunya, you get ticketed for something and you have to pay for the loss of it. How careful you are in terms of cameras on the, on the road, etc. Similarly, if a person were to realize with his own eyes how much loss he is incurring, based on riba, based on riba. For every single time we speak evil, for every single time we backbite, if we were to realize how much ajar we are losing, like someone who realizes how much he has to pay, he's getting taxed, he's getting, he has to pay a fine, how careful he will be about what he does. But the yaqeen, unfortunately, is lacking. Hence, we continue to, to backbite. We continue to do things that will take away our rewards. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the yaqeen of the ghayb, grant us true, strong, Yaqeen on the ghayb um, and allow us to lead our lives accordingly. So after saying Allah says then Malikin Nas ilahin nas. The Lord of the mankind, Allah added another two attributes, Malik and Ilah, the king and the God. Sometimes a person, a being may be called a Rabb, who is not a Malik and not an Ilah. Like in the story of Yusuf Salam, Muqad Ahsana bi. Uh, or, or, or he says, um, um, he speaks about his master, uh, the wife, Zuleikha, the Zuleikha's husband, Aziz of Misr. And he says, Rabbi Ahsana My Lord has been so kind to me, he has given me a very nice place to stay. And, um, I don't want to backstab him. So, 
he uses the word Rabb, and many scholars say the Rabb here refers to the master, not Allah, but rather the governor of Egypt. So Rabb could be used like Rabbuddar, the landlord, can be used for someone besides Allah. But by saying Malik and Nas, you're saying that God who is the king of all people. Well, that's not these average people. And then Ilahin Nas, the one that's worthy of worship. The only one worthy of worship. Of course, that excludes everyone besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the, the, the wisdom and the hikmah of bringing all three attributes, Rab, Malik, and Ilah, is that it motivates protection. Just like every master has servants and he takes care of them. Every king has subjects and he looks after them. And the, the true God has his worshipers and he will obviously protect them. So there's no being besides Allah that's characterized by all three attributes. That he is simultaneously the Rabb, simultaneously the Malik, and simultaneously the Ilah. That he is the Lord, the King, and the God. And all of them have this sense of protection, just like a mother would look after her children, a master is going to look after servants, the king is going to look after subjects. Most definitely, most definitely, God will look after those who worship him. And so, therefore, seeking Allah's protection by invoking these three attributes, this is one of the most powerful ways that we can hope that our invocation and dua will get accepted. Now, the question here is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, قُلْ أَعُوذُ رَبِّ النَّاسِ O Allah, seek refuge to the Lord of the mankind. Why didn't he then say, مَلِكِهِمْ إِلَهِهِمْ Which means, I seek refuge uh, in their king and in uh, their God. Why not use a pronoun, him, when you're referring back to the same thing, the same group of people? Why instead refer nas three times? رَبِّ النَّاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ إِلَهِ النَّاسِ when you're referring to the same person, you say Zaid came, Zaid ate, Zaid went to sleep. You won't say that. We'll say Zaid came. Uh, Zaid is of course is the word we use example in, in the Arabic. Whenever we want to give an example in the Arabic language, you always use the example of Zaid. So um, that's why I'm using that. Zaidun, Zaidun, Zaidun. You do not repeat Zaid three times. Instead, we use a pronoun. You'll say Zaidun, or he ate and he uh, went to sleep. So here, why is a pronoun not being used? Instead, nas is being used three times. Valid question someone may ask. And the answer to this is that this is an occasion of dua and supplication. And repet this repetition is, 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 is employed to add clarity to add force, to add emotion to our dua, on top of creating a very natural rhythm, uh, a rhyme, uh, and sequence. And then on top of that, So that's happening. There's a beautiful rhythm and sequence there. And it, 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 it brings out a lot of emotion as well. So let's talk about that's one reason. And then a second reason here, which I think is really more powerful uh, and delivers a really nice message, is that the word nas comes five times in the surah. And the ulama say that this nas, each time it's mentioned, 
another a specific group is is intended by that so when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says nas, the first one this is referring to children why where do we get that from so the first one rabbin nas refers to children malikin nas refers to the youth ilahin nas referring to the old people elders uh, is referring to the righteous people and means the mischief makers okay so five times nas is mentioned and five people are intended five groups of people and who are they the children the youth the elders the pious and the, and the mischief makers why is the first one referring to children or on what basis are we are the scholars of Tafsir saying that because the word Rabbin Nasa mentioned. And Rabb, we already mentioned, gives you the meaning of nurturing. Children are the ones that need the nurturing the most. Hence, Rabbin Nas likely refers to the Lord of the children who require a lot of nurturing. The second occurrence, Malikin Nas, the king of people. Referring to the youth, because in this context, this is, Malik is referring to the kingship of Allah. And it bears that political connotation. All right? Political connotation of someone who's in charge, someone who is a king, and this is appropriate to the youth. The third time it refers to ilahin nas. What, what did we say? It means old elders, old people. And traditionally we see the elders are the ones who turn to Allah more than the younger ones. Uh, they, they, their yaqeen and Allah is a real support of life. And that the fact that they need to unconditionally obey him, you see that more in the elders than you see in the youngsters. Right now, with the masajid opening up throughout the country, limited with limited uh, uh, numbers, we expect to see the healthiest of the community, the youngsters, attend. Uh, and we hope so that they are. But as soon as the masajid open, the very first, I, I, I can, I can probably guess for the rest of the communities as well that the elders were the first ones the elderly elderly people were the first one running to the masajid that's just how it is we're the first ones to come for Jum'ah. we're the last ones to leave after isha traditionally who are the ones who got the longest nafil after long taraweeh salah the elders turning to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is why we've been told That from the seven groups of people, from the seven groups of people that will be granted a, th a place under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's throne on the day of judgment. One of them is Shabun Ibadatillah, a youngster who grew up worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A grew up a youngster who grew up worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why is it mentioned a youngster? Why not an older person? Because being young and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is something which is not very common. There's so many temptations. So many things are pulling you in all sides, in all directions. So that young person, boy or girl, young man or lady, who decides to turn to Allah and stay connected with Him, he or she is a very special person. Hence, they will receive very special status, which what well, could be more special than enjoying a place under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's throne. So anyway, that's what we're talking about, ilahin nas. Ilah is referring to uh, older people who are cutting themselves off from the world and focusing on the ibadah of Allah. Next, 
من شر الوسواس الخناس from the evil of the whisper الخناس who withdraws when Allah's name is pronounced الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس the one who whispers in the hearts of the people which people is this? Ulama say this refers to the righteous servants of Allah the sulaha, the pious why is that? because the word waswasa is talking about waswasa in the hearts of the people the devil is the enemy of everyone but more so of the pious he wants to ruin the pious and he will ruin them by putting a simple small teeny tiny waswasa in their heart that is like a small match that lights up in a whole barn and gets destroyed similarly the pious who are making so much effort to get the, build a relationship with allah Shaytan Mal'oon comes and he puts a small whisper in the heart, especially of riya, of ostentation, of show, of lust, or something or another, and make them slip. So his work is to cast these evil prompting into the hearts of people, of the, especially the pious. That's why if a person is going through a lot of waswasa, sometimes you should, if especially the waswasa is like, oh man, I'm an evil person, I'm so sinful. Look at the thoughts that come to me. Some people say these type of things. What do we tell them? We say, by the fact that um, uh, the fact that you even thought of this waswasa means shaitan knows that you've got something. Like they say, chor wahi jata hai jaan koi maal ho. A thief will only rob that house in which he expects there's, there seems to be some wealth. A thief will not go rob a hut. A thief will not go rob a small, little, dinky little place because he wants something big. He wants a big loot. Similarly, Shaitan Mal'oon will go after those hearts and will try to uh, uh, prompt them to commit sin and put wasawis where he feels that there, if I don't work there, a lot will happen. How often do you see kids, third, uh, you know, nine, ten-year-olds suffering from attacks of shaitan or 11-year-olds? How often do you see hip students memorizing the Quran, 11, 12-year-olds acting up and having a hard time finishing up with their Quran all the time? Correct? Why is that? Because shaitan does not want this little kid to memorize the Quran. How often do you see students leaving school from the, our community, this, this group of people are listening right now. How often do you see son, your daughter and son walking off of 8th grade, ninth grade, on a roll, all of a sudden says, no, I don't, want, I don't want to study. I want to stay at home and just play video games. I'm okay. How often does that happen? And how often do you see that in madrasas? That a person studies one year, a few months, a few, a few weeks, or a couple of years, and then says, you know, this is not for me. This is not for me. Why doesn't this happen to someone in studying medicine? Why doesn't this happen to someone studying uh, engineering? Why doesn't this happen to someone who's studying some other science? Uh, so shaitan, he has his eyes fixated on those people who are studying the deen. He is afraid of them, that the harm they will cause to his armies is more. And that's why. Because what happens? Someone who is a religiously orientated mathematician, a religiously orientated medical professional, Alhamdulillah, he will follow the deen in his field and he will do good work, you know. That's it. But a student of knowledge of deen, a jayyid alim, a jayyid da'i, equipped with the knowledge of Quran and hadith, he can, make, he can make huge changes in the community. He can, he can bring about change. Thousands of people can make tawbah in his hands. 
And Iblis Lain does not like that. So he will create obstacles. Anytime he sees someone doing very good in school, very good in madrasa, anytime he sees someone, uh, you know, uh, uh, excelling, uh, and he, he thinks that this person may end up doing something, uh, uh, you know, that will, bring, that will bring about khair in this dunya, he attacks them. So dear friends, do not get hesitant. Do not get scared what you see. If you or your family or your loved ones are trying to practice the deen, are trying to study the deen, are trying to do something connected to the deen, and you say, oh, what's going on? I'm now getting more waswasas than I ever did before. When I was in my jahiliya days, I never got all these waswasas. And now that I'm coming to the deen, I get these evil thoughts, someone may say. And the answer to that is yes, because shaitan was not worried about you previously. And now he is. So you was fi in nas. This one is speaking about nas referring to the righteous people. And then last one, min al-jinnati nas And whether these people are, who are the ones who give this waswasa? Allah says it's not just the shayateen al-ins. Um, uh, not the, only the shayateen al-jinn. It's not just the shaitans from the jinn mankind. It is not from only the shaitan from the jinn mankind, um, uh, shaitan from the jinn, jinn kind who are prompting us to commit sin. It is the shayateen from the humankind as well that will prompt us to commit sin. So which humans are, are going to prompt you to commit sin? Are they the awliya? Of course not. That's why we said this is referring to the mischief makers and the evildoers who, whose protection, who, yani protection from them we are seeking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, so alhamdulillah, so far we've discussed the five different types of nasas and how that refers to different groups of uh, uh, people from the community. Um, now let's go back to from the beginning. From the evil of the whisperer who withdraws. Let's talk about khannas. Okay. So well, one, more, one more difference I want to highlight between the two surahs. In the previous surah, we took Allah's name once. We said, falaq. We took Allah's name once. And we saw protection in Allah from how many things? Four things. Correct? Four things. And we sought Allah's protection once. And we're saying Allah save us from four things. In this surah, what's unique is we're taking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name three times. And then we're seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection from how many things? My dear listeners, how many things? It's hopefully you realize that it is one thing. One thing. Only one thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us to seek refuge. Imagine that. Think about that. There we asked Allah once, took his name once, and we see Allah save us from four different things. In this surah, we took Allah's name, three attributes, three times. We're beseeching Allah's attention, begging for his attention. And they say, Allah, I want you to save me from one thing. So you ask yourself, what thing is more difficult? What thing is more challenging? What is more, what is more intimidating? What's more worse in the long run? Is it what we're seeking protection of Allah from in Surah Falaq? Or seeking protection of Allah from in Surah Nas? And the answer all of you brothers and sisters are giving right now to me, Said, so of course, it's Surah An-Nas. This is the thing that we got to be worried about more. That's why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala added so many more layers 
of, of dua in this surah. And that is the correct answer. Shaitan is the biggest enemy. The harm that shaitan can do, my dear friends, the entire world put together uh, is going to ruin your dunya. But shaitan is going to ruin your akhirah and my akhirah. May Allah protect us from his evil. So I hopefully everyone got that really important point. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, from the evil of the whisper who withdraws. What does it mean withdraws? One explanation is, whenever you take Allah's name, he withdraws. So shaitan comes and messes around with you. But when he sees that you are connected with Allah, you are doing dhikr and you're doing dua, and you are in the company of the pious, and you are connected with righteous people, he says, okay, no point. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam has said in a hadith, alaykum bil jama'ah. Right? Hold on to the, the masses in terms of the, the community that is following the deen. Okay? Alaykum al jama'ah wa iyyakum wa firqa. That's one hadith. And then the Prophet said, فَإِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ مَعَ الْوَاحِدِ وَهُوَ مَعَ الْإِثْنَيْنِ أَبْعَدِ Okay. Shaitan is going to be with the one who is alone. And the one who is with the group, this, uh, he is further away from them. Okay? So Shaitan, he's al- with, when you're alone, Shaitan's with you. When you are with two people, he's further away from you. So many things are coming to my mind to share. SubhanAllah. That's why um, when a person is alone, there's a lot of temptation to commit sin. And in the era that we are in now, with phones, internet, and this and that, that's why we tell the brothers and sisters who ask for assistance and advice that whenever shaitan tempts a person, um, a person, you know, leave your room, leave your secluded place, and sit in company, and that is a great way to protect yourself from shaitanic influence. Straight hadith I just shared with you. Shaitan is with the person who's alone and he is further away from when the person is with a group. Nabi Salam said that Shaitan goes after the one that's alone like that who does a who does the uh, wolf attack? The wolf does not go after the entire strong pack of Sheep or goats. Instead, the shaitan, the uh, the wolf goes after that sheep or that goat that is lagging behind. The wolf will not eat except for the string. Um, straying sheep or goat so when anyone when anyone is completely alone then they are exposing themselves to shaitani whispers and really maybe some of you are listening you know people like this who sit in their bed for hours who sit in the room for hours who go out for long drives for hours 
And but what are you doing? I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And sometimes this thinking is very harmful. They overthink stuff and end up harming themselves. And we don't know what type of waswasas they're going through. So if you have a family member who is all of a sudden becoming very reclusive and not wanting to share what's going on in their mind, then yes, you need to be a little bit concerned to see what's happening. So I was saying that when you take Allah's name, Khannas, shaitan walks away, backs away. Like shaitan saw the angels descending in the battle of Badr, what did he do? لَا غَالِبَ لَكُمُ الْيَوْمَ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَإِنِّي جَارٌ لَكُمْ فَلَمَّا تَرَأَتِ الْفِئَتَانِ نَكَصَ عَلَىٰ عَقِبَيْهِ وَقَالَ إِنِّي بَرِئٌ مِّنْكُمْ إِنِّي أَرَى مَا لَا تَرَوْنَ إِنِّي يَخَافُ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ Allah says, He first told the mushrikeen, Don't worry, no one is going to become victorious besides us. I am with you. I'm part and parcel of you. Then when the two armies faced off one another, he literally hit the ground running and deserted the Mushrikeen army. And what did he say? He said, Indeed, I am free from you. Indeed, I am free from you. I'm absolved myself from you. Indeed, I see what you don't see. What was he seeing? He was seeing the angels descending. Okay, so he ran. What, I, what am I telling you, my dear listeners? Is that when the name of Allah is taken, shaitan runs away. That is why the dhikr we do, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Allah. You've heard we do this, maybe if Allah gives us time, we can do it now towards the end of our uh, session. Why is it so important? It's because shaitan is in my body and your body and is, all, is, is, is instigating us all the time. It is the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is going to push the shaitan away from us. Uh, for, for our kids, for our adults, we are all uh, you know, susceptible to this. We're all susceptible to this. I want to share with you an ayah from Surah Nisa. Allah says that Jannah has been prepared already for the muttaqeen. Jannah has already been prepared for the muttaqeen. Allah says run, compete with one another and run towards it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains who these people are who, for whom Jannah has already been prepared. And Allah says, We don't have time to get into all these ayats. It's a beautiful, beautiful selection. I would advise you to read, read up on it. It's amazing. I love this section. It's in Surah, as I said, in Surah Al-Imran. And if you want to read some tafsir on it too, you can read Ma'arif al-Quran. Ifi Shafi uh, has written beautifully on it as well. And it's translated, as you know, by Mufti Taqi. So, you know, feel free to go ahead and read up on those ayats uh, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the qualities of the people of taqwa for whom Jannah has already been prepared. This is ayat 133, 133 to 136. Surah Al-Imran, not Nisa, Al-Imran. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, 
uh, regarding the people of taqwa, he goes on to all these beautiful attributes. He says, They are the ones when they commit an act of lewdness. When they commit an act of lewdness, that's any sin, an act of, of lewdness, fuhsh, indecency. Or they oppress themselves by some other ways. They remember Allah. And then they seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who can forgive the sins besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? They do not remain persistent over the sins and they are, they are completely um, uh, aware that there's no one besides Allah who can forgive them. So khair, what we are speaking about, why did I mention those beautiful verses? Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that it is completely possible it is completely possible for a person to be a muttaqi, for a person to be headed towards paradise, yet he ends up committing sin. And what type of sin? We're talking about acts of lewdness. It's very possible. You do not completely get, you know, you just not like you have one chance, you're out. That's it. That is a messed up system, unfortunately, in the dunya that we have. Once a person's got a felony on his record, no matter how much he tries to uh, come clean, unfortunately, I hear it gets, you know, a person that stays on your record. Uh, and it gets very difficult for people who come from that background to be able to get a job. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's not the case. The one who repents from a sin is like the one who's never committed a sin in the first place. The reason, my dear listeners, I mentioned this is that Allah saying, Allah is saying in these verses that these people, when they commit a sin, they remember Allah right after. That tells us that sins are committed when shaitan insinuates and shaitan uh, 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 prompts us to do it. And shaitan prompts us to do it when we're not thinking about Allah. When we are in a state of ghaflah, that's when shaitan attacks us. And if we are constantly being thinking of Allah, then inshallah shaitan will not be able to attack us. Ramadan, how, how I'm sure all of you are missing our beautiful Ramadan evenings together every single night. Uh, we spend from Asr to Maghrib together. And, and how, subhanAllah, every aspect of Ramadan was just, just amazing. Now it's been 10 days. Some of the ummatis have, have re- been able to remain strong and some unfortunately have fallen flat on their face. Okay, so what's going to happen? If we do not remain connected to the dhikr of Allah, then shaitan easily will get, be able to get back into us. So this is what the meaning of khannas is. That when you take the name of Allah, shaitan runs away. Another meaning of khannas, also backing away, is that shaitan, he doesn't stick around. Right? Shaitan does not stick around. Instead, he whispers and he disappears. He whispers and he disappears. So now you're wondering, was that me? Did I really lose my temper? I can't believe I did something when I was so upset and I did something horrible and harmed myself and I have to suffer the consequences from the entire life. My dear brother, my dear sister, of course that was not you, right? But that shaitan made you do that. He, he infuriated you and made you do something really bad, shameful, something that you are so, just, you're so, you're just, you're just not like that. You would never do something like that. But shaitan made you do that. That's what we're talking about. It disappears. Shaitan comes, lights up the fire, and disappears. 
Because khanasa means to recede, to withdraw, to, to sneak up and then leave. Um, and it comes in hadith uh, that Allah has built two houses in the heart of a man. In one of which an angel resides and in the other house in the heart of a man is where shaitan resides. The angel urges the person to do good works and the shaitan on the other hand induces him to do the evil things. And then Rasulullah said, when a man, when man remembers Allah, shaitan withdraws, he backs away. And when he stops remembering Allah, the shaitan perches on the heart of man and pecks with his beak to whisper into it to do evil things. What a detailed uh, description by our Prophet in hadith related by Anas radiallahu anhu. Um, and translated by Abu Ya'la. Right? He's talking about how shaitan actually perches on our heart and pecks with his beak and whispers into it. What is the, what is the jawab for that? How do, we, how do we protect ourselves from that? Through the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, the last verse, Min al-Jinnati wal-Nas, says that whether they are from jinn or mankind, meaning that the ones who are trying to whisper into the breast of mankind and make them do commit, commit harm are not just the mischievous shayateen. They are also humans. A lot of what takes place today, you hear the peaceful rioters, oh, sorry, the peaceful protesters are there, but then there are shayateen ins within them who are inciting violence. Uh, who are inciting property damage. And they have been caught on camera. They have been arrested in certain instances. And they sometimes are you know, from various different groups with various political motives or simply just want to cause harm. Uh, and and so those of you who are following what's happening, you know what I'm talking about. So this, this is an example of these shayateen within the human race that sit amongst us and try to motivate us to do something which is going to harm everyone and harm us as well. So, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this in the Quran in another place. That this is how they communicate. Okay? This is how they communicate uh, with one another. Allah says the shayateen al-insi wal-jinn are going to the shayateen al-insi wal-jinn they, they what's awha yuhi iha what does that mean? it means wahi right so they silently are communicating one another they silently are communicating with one another shayateen from the humans shayateen from the jinn so they work together in tandem and that's why uh, we are being taught in this um, ayah to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from both of them. Shayatin insi wal jinn. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started us in hadith. Dua Allahumma a'udhu bika min sharri nafsi wa sharri shaytani wa shirkihi. Allahumma a'udhu bika min sharri nafsi wa sharri shaytani wa shirkihi. Oh Allah, I seek protection and asylum in you from the evil of myself, from the evil of myself, and from the evil of shaytan, and from the evil of idolatry. Because shaytan, he trains us so much, trains our nafs so much, 
that even shaitan is not around, the nafs begins to act by proxy on behalf of shaitan. That's why in the month of Ramadan, sins overall generally, definitely we see reduced. However, many other sins uh, continue. How is that possible? That's because either the smaller shayateen are there, and number two, that's because the nafs is working on behalf of shaitan. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam is mentioned. There is not a single one of you, but his companion, i.e. qareen, the devil has been assigned to. The, the companion said, Ya Rasulullah, is such a devil even with you? And the Prophet said, yes, naam. And he said, yes. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has helped me against him and he has become submissive to me. As a result, he only commands me to do good. Now, this is something specific to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa This is something specific to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi No one else had this honor that their, their qareen and their devil accepted Islam. Or, or, or we say was Rasulullah was protected from the evil. Allahu Akbar. It is also confirmed in, in uh, two sahih hadith from Anas radiallahu anhu. Um, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was performing i'tikaf in the masjid. And one of his wives, Sayyidina Safiya radiallahu anha, came to visit him. When she decided to leave the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, went out to the boundaries of the masjid to accompany her. And on that way, two of the Sahaba, two of the Ansar of Medina, saw Rasulullah with this lady, which was none other than our mother, Safiya radiallahu anha. When Rasulullah Sallallahu saw that these two Sahaba are, have seen him with this uh, female, he said, Ala wait, this is Safiya bint Huyay. And he, he said her name. He didn't just say, This is my wife. He said, This is Safiya. All of you know, I'm married to Safiya as one of my wives. He says, This is Safiya bint Huyay, my wife. The two Sahaba who saw what's happening and then and who saw Rasulullah with his lady and then Nabi Sallallahu explaining himself, he said, Subhanallah, Ya Rasulullah. Ya Rasulullah, how can we ever have ill thoughts about you? Pure is Allah, how can we ever have ill thoughts of you? The Messenger of Allah replied, Inna Indeed, the devil runs through the man's veins like the blood circulates. And Khashit, I feared that shaitan would whisper some evil thoughts in your mind about me. And that's why I wanted to clear up who she was. Subhanallah. So, what do we learn from this hadith? One is that there's a shaitan with all of us. Number two, he is very subtle, very close. He acts in ways that we don't know. He makes us think and see things in this world, in a world that we don't realize what he's doing, making it very hard for us to distinguish between right and wrong at times without the permission of Allah. 
without the will of Allah, you and I will never be able to destroy shaitan. You and I will never be able to protect ourselves from shaitan. You and I will never be able to vanquish shaitan. You and I will never be able to keep ourselves safe. You can say, Bhai, after hearing this, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to save myself from shaitan? I know. That's why we did this surah. That we have to seek Allah's protection every single day, every single night. Make sure we read Mu'awwidhatayn three times in the morning, three times in the evening. Um, and even, uh, even beyond that, after every salah is also uh, great to protect ourselves from the evil. What else is we learn from this is that clarify your position. If you are in a position where someone may end up being misled about you, someone may have a... Um, Someone may, someone may have um, um, seen you in a compromising position, then clarify yourself. Don't say, I don't need to do that. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if there's anyone who didn't need to do that, it was the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yet he went, uh, he went out of his way to explain who he was, or who she was rather. And how would it harm the Nabi if they thought about that? It would not harm him. He did it out of love for the Sahaba because it would have harmed their akhirah. Had they entertained evil thoughts about the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, right? That's what we are learning here. There are two types of thoughts in wasawis. Uh, there, there are those that are voluntary thoughts that you go out of your way to think of based on your own free will, and you entertain them. And then there are the involuntary thoughts that just randomly happen. So they are not harmful. You don't get sin for those involuntary thoughts. It's a voluntary thoughts. The su dhan sometimes thinking evil of people that will sit there and entertain those thoughts, those are the things that are problematic and that are sinful. Uh, and I, I do want to um, quickly cover something else, also one thing in conclusion. And this is something that Ibn Kathir mentions. A really amazing point. He says um, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us how to deal with human enemies and satanic enemies differently. I know in Ramadan, I think so I had mentioned this in one of the talks. But since this is the surah specifically that addresses this, so what I, want, I have to talk about it as well. And that is in three places of the Quran. One is in Surah Al-Araf. Another one is Surah Al-Mu'min. And the third one is in Surah Hamim Sajda. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to us and how we are supposed to handle enemies of humans and enemies from the jinn or the shayateen. He tells us in Surah Araf, Take to forbearance, invite towards good, and ignore the ignorant people. Okay? Meaning, you need to be courteous to even an offender. Forego the revenge against the injustice, if possible. Be easy in dealing with them. This is how you handle human enemies. Right after that, Allah says, However, if you are stricken with a strike from shaitan, seek refuge from, with Allah. He's all hearing, all knowing. Meaning, if an evil suggestion comes to us from, from shaitan, do not trivialize it and do not try to stamp it out with your feet because that's not going to be possible. Instead, turn to Allah and ask for assistance. The second verse in Surah Mu'min, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Repel evil with that which is best. Okay? Repel evil with that which is best. Again, we're told with human enemies, uh, give them the other cheek, as they say. Repel evil with which is best. 
right after that, the next ayah, Allah says, وَقُلْ الشَّيَاطِينَ Oh my Lord, I seek refuge in you from the strokes of Satan, from the insinuations of Satan. And I seek refuge from, from them ever coming to me. And then the third ayah in Surah Hamim says that dealing with the subject, Allah says, أَحْسَنْ Repel evil with that which is best. And you will see that the one who, you, who had mutual enmity between you and him, a lot of enmity, he will become as if though he's your close friend. He'll become your close friend. Everything will change. He'll become, but what about, what about the next ayah? Allah says, And should a stroke from shaitan strike you, seek refuge with Allah. Allah is all hearing, all knowing. So my dear listeners, three sets of verses discussing how to deal with human enemies, which is through kindness, politeness, mercy, pardon. That's how you can subdue them. And if that doesn't work, of course, then you are allowed to take, you know, take other measures, which, which are permissible. But this is what is the number one method of dealing with human enemies. But nowhere in the Quran are we, to, are we being told that be nice to shaitan, smile at him, be polite with him, or to arm yourself uh, and, and fight. Because none of these things are going to work. The only thing that's going to work against shaitan is seeking protection in Allah. There's no one who can protect you and I from the makkar and the plotting of shaitan except for Allah. Allah said in the Quran to, call, to make us not feel overwhelmed. Inna the shaitani kan da'ifa. Shaitan, his, his guile, his, his plotting is weak. Okay? What does that mean? In front of Allah, he's super weak. In front of you and I, strong. But in front of Allah, he's super weak. And Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Nahal, Quran, when you recite the Quran, seek the protection of Allah against shaitan. Very important ayat, sisters and brothers, listen, ayah number 99 of Surah Nahal. Surah, ayah number 99 of Surah Nahal. Allah says, Inna laysa sultan. Shaitan, the accursed, he does not have power over those who believe in Allah and over those who put their trust in their Lord. Then who does he have power over of? Shaitan, his power is only over them who befriend him and those who associate partners with Allah. So inshallah, if we declare our enmity with shaitan, even after Ramadan, throughout our lives, and we seek protection in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from, from him continuously day and night, then the plotting of shaitan will be weak. It is not something for you and I to become overwhelmed with. Become overwhelmed with the power of Allah and the qudra of Allah and Allah will protect you and I from the beguiling of shaitan. Um, uh, as we end this, please do, uh, if you have not already seen the YouTube uh, screen, we have, alhamdulillah, a whole list of new programs starting, uh, uh, you know, this week. Besides the tafsir, there's lots of new programs. And Monday night, we are going to be having uh, a brand new program. We heard you, got, you all shared your feedback. And alhamdulillah, um, uh, we have changed a lot of our programs. So Monday night is going to be a roundtable discussion with various professionals, um, physicians, lawyers, activists, um, you know, ha 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 mental health experts, all sorts of people. If you have someone you would like us to interview, you would like to have someone on uh, who you think would be a benefit to our community, please do message us, uh, send us a text message, uh, their expertise, and, you know, uh, and, and we can consider that, inshallah. Tuesday, we'll continue with the tafsir. Wednesday, we'll have a brand new Aqidah class with Mulana Shibli from Canada. You'll love that, inshallah. It'll be completely different from all the other stuff that you've studied so far. Thursday, you'll have a Sira uh, class with Mulana Yasir. Mashallah, one of the graduates of Darussalam seven-year program. He graduated last year, and now he'll be joining us from New Jersey every Thursday. Friday will be uh, Sheikh Mulana Yusuf Goth, Hadith and its Scope in Islamic Law. 
these are some more academic subjects. We hope you sit with a pen and paper, inshallah, and you make this a learning experience for the entire family. Saturday, 2 p.m., we'll continue with our Urdu lectures, and Sunday, we'll have our weekly Q&A session with Mufti Minhaj. So uh, we hope, inshallah, you all are happy with this programs, and more than that, we'll be able to benefit and practice and share with your entire families uh, so that they listen at 7.30 or, you know, afterwards as well. Allah. اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم انت السلام ونك السلام وتبارك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم انا نحسي ثناء عليك انت كما افنيت على نفسك اله العالمين يا الله يا رحمان يا رحيم والله وي اسك يو تو جرانت اس ذا ابيليتي تو براكتس وات ايفر واز شيرد او الله ذا ليسنرز ذا سبيكرز او الله اول ار ان موست ان نيد اوف يو اول وي اسك يو تو جرانت اول اوف اس بروتكشن فروم شيطان بروتكت اس بروتكت اس فروم ايفل بلاتينج اوف شيطان يا الله لو اس تو اوفركم ذا انسيويشنز اوف شيطان بروتكت اس فروم اور نفس بروتكت اس فروم ذا ايفل اوف اور نفس او الله وات ايفر خير ان بركه we had started in ramadan allah us to remain steadfast on that ya allah grant us istiqama grant us istiqama grant us love and mahabba with the quran grant us connection with the quran allow us to be able to recite quran every day that we were reciting ramadan allow us to be able to be regular in our qiyamul layl allow us to be regular in our tahajjud allow us to be regular in our sunnah salah allah whatever mistakes we have made since ramadan till now allah we ask you to forgive us for that major or minor sins grant us the ability to remain steadfast on the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah fulfill the needs of all our listeners the needs of our parents the needs of our children the needs of our spouses all those who are suffering physical spiritual mental emotional financial loss in the in these times oh allah reward them and and replace them replace their losses with that which is better oh allah grant sabr jamil oh allah we ask you to bring a khair and 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 aman and peace to back to this country back to our streets oh allah allow the injustices that have caused this to end allow ya allah this difficulty that we're going through as a nation and as a world allow it to, to become a means of bringing more khair and baraka and peace and security and safety and justice in the world subhana rabbika rabbil izati amma yasifun wa salamun alal mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin